Productions presents Laugh, Literature and Film. Broadcasting from a secret location, it's Laugh 103, a wee laugh for the December 11th weekend. I am your host, Mr. Two Frames. Joining me in studios, as always, is the L-Train. How are you, sir? I'm great. Two big releases this weekend coming out. Um, Up first is In the Heart of the Sea, a Ron Howard film. Uh, He of the Apollo 13, Beautiful Mind, and Andy Griffith show fame. He's got a lot. He's also in Happy Days. He was also in Happy Days, yeah. Do you know what his first movie was? No. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, his first directorial. Yeah, his first directorial. Oh, I knew that. I thought you meant what he started. His first movie that he starred in was uh, uh, was George Lucas's movie. Uh, Summer, uh, something about... American Graffiti? Yeah, I think that was his first movie that he starred in. But I might be wrong. Possibly. I know know he he had a relationship with George Lucas. George Lucas wanted him to direct one of his Star Wars movies, one of the prequels. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would have been an interesting movie to watch, I think. The guy's got a lot of range. He does, and he's doing uh, In the Heart of the Sea. This is based on the 1820 event where a whaling ship is uh, attacked by a sperm whale, and the men have to try and survive adrift in the sea for like 90 days. Uh, this was the basis of Herman Melville's great novel, Moby Dick. Right. Yeah. I wonder how much they anthropomorphize the whale in this. I, I hope not much. I mean, if they give him two feet and let him walk upright. <laughs> I haven't watched... <laughs> Well, I mean, giving him a motivation, I suppose. Well, I think this was the killer whale Mocha Dick, who apparently sank a couple of ships. Yeah, but I wonder if, he, if that's sh- that whale was just acting on impulse. I'm sure that he didn't have uh, ulterior designs, like <laughs> revenge on his mind. Oh, they're going to show Chris Helmsworth killing his father. I hope not. I don't know. I will be avenged. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Chris Helmsworth starring in this, along with Cillian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson, a whole bunch of great actors. Uh, I think um, most of them have been in superhero movies. Yes, yeah. Chris Helmsworth is Thor. Thor. Cillian Murphy played Scarecrow. And Brendan Gleeson was Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter. Is that a superhero movie? He's got powers. Okay. Some might even call them superpowers. Yeah, that's more of a fantasy, though. Fantasy. I don't know because we didn't we have the conversation about whether or not westerns and are the the superhero movies are the uh, new genre of western taking over from like um, I don't know classic Hollywood. Sure, I could see that. Yeah, you have to be in a superhero movie like you had to be in westerns, but then you could do other things like this in the heart of the sea. Yeah, no, I like it. This is rated PG thirteen. It was originally supposed to come out back in March. I think it's really interesting that they push this into award season oftentimes you see the reverse happening uh snowden for example got pushed back to next year that yes. was originally supposed to come out on christmas day you, you can tell that this has awards pedigree written all over it so we probably won't be watching it <laughs> we won't this be week. watching it for this week <laughs> right um it'll probably be a best picture nominee and we'll we'll do our our laugh goes to the oscars yeah we'll be uh, reviewing all those christmas so um, um instead where are we going to be looking at i think that i'm more interested in seeing uh legend this week so it's one of my top movies they're re-releasing the tom cruise film no not that legend this is a different legend different legend altogether this is actually they could have called it legends because it's about the story of reggie and uh reggie and ronnie cray 
from uh, London, turn of the eh, 1960s, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was going to say turn of the 60s. The writer-director Brian Helgeland says that uh, American gangster movies have reached at their pinnacle with Goodfellas from Scorsese and uh, I think The Godfather. So he says we have to go back to London and see, see sort of visit that area and yeah, I can kind of agree with that. I'm not sure that we need Tom Hardy to play all the roles. Oh, um, I hope he shows up like 15 times in different roles. Well, I mean, he's playing like the barber. two criminals in this film. He played Charles Bronson in the film Bronson. So he's playing all of the big British criminals. So roles. he's going to be Robin Hood at some point in the future. Jack the Ripper. A stunt casting, maybe. We have to see. I've watched some of the trailer on some of this, and it doesn't seem like... The fact that one actor is playing both roles is going to interfere, but that, with my enjoyment, that is. But I would like to see him get nominated for best actor for both roles, go up against himself in the same movie. What if the brothers don't get the same amount of screen time? What if one's more of the star and the other's supporting? I think they both have exactly the amount of screen time. Oh, okay. No, I have no Uh, idea. That's fine. When they interviewed Tom Hardy for the role. They weren't planning necessarily on having him play both roles, but he told he was uh, he read for Ronnie, I think. And he said, "If you give me Reggie, I'll give you Ronnie." <laughs> to uh, Helgeland, and he agreed. Helgeland wrote uh, *L.A. Confidential*. Do we already mention that? No. Forty-two in *A Knight's Tale*. This He'll guy's got a lot of range, also. Payback with Mel Gibson. He's got more range than a young Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Yeah, no, in addition to Tom Hart, you have Emily Browning from Sucker Punch fame and Teron Egerton yeah, he's from gonna, Kingsman. He's signed up for Kingsman too. I like that. I like that guy. Add that to my list of most anticipated films of 2017. <laughs> I love that Kingsman. That might be in my top 10. It was the first movie that we saw this year in 2015. It, it was early on, yeah. I think it was the first movie of the 2015s, but... Um, this movie's already premiered in the UK, and it's already set the box office record for a Certificate 18 British film. It beat out Train Spotting, which had held the record for almost 20 years. Ooh, they're doing a Train Spotting too. Yeah, I saw that. That just. I wonder if that takes the record from this. Oh uh, yeah, it could be a lot. It's back only and about 5.5 pounds, though, right? 5.5 <laughs> million pounds. It's not a whole lot. I know they hit the record, but it doesn't seem like. That seems sort of strange. No, but I'm, I'm interested so to see how this does this weekend. So don't go. Well, do you think it'll win the box office? I don't know. Does nah. Legend win? No, I think In the Heart of the Sea knocks off yeah. um, Hunger Games. Hunger Heart Games only seas. made $18 million this weekend. Heart or last the, weekend. Heart of the Sea is going to be in like 3,000 theaters. Yeah. And I think The Martian has kind of pretty much moved down. Yeah. Yeah, Martian's probably at the very bottom of the top 10. Um, I think In the Heart of the Sea can do... Quite well, and I think it's got a lot of range. It hits across a lot of audiences. Got more range than Axl Rose? <laughs> yes, than all three of the uh, three tenors. More. <laughs> um, if you're not going to the theaters, you can always swing by the Red Box and pick up Trainwreck, starring Amy Schumer. We reviewed that back on Laugh 62, along with uh, superfan Tony C. and the Magistar. They joined us on that review, and... I think you were the only naysayer on that film. Yeah, I wasn't too big on it. I liked uh, the experience going and talking about the movie afterwards with those guys, more so than actually going to the movie. But you enjoy Amy Schumer. Uh, Bill Hader plays the love interest in the film. You seem to. Yeah. Think okay, he's I can't all right. remember. It's it's 
it's worth it if you can see the red box, I think. Yeah. I probably would have enjoyed or preferred seeing it at home, except I wouldn't have, I would have had to watch it with you guys at my home. Probably that wouldn't have been better. Yeah, but you can go <laughs> by, watch it in the theater. rent it, watch it, and then listen to Laugh Number 62. You got anything for the Netflix? Uh, Yeah, my net pick of the week. I'm actually willing to watch some Christmas movies now, or Christmas specials. Wow. This turns the Christmas special on its head, though. It's a very Murray Christmas, starring Bill Murray <laughs> as a, sort of a pseudo-lounge singer cross with uh, Frank Cross from Scrooged. Nick the Lounge Singer, I think, was the character he played on SNL. And his accompanist, accompanist, accompanist is uh, Paul Schaefer, uh, who often played that role in uh, on those old SNL sketches. I think they called him, according to the season, Nick Winter. Or Nick, if he was in jail, they'd call him Nick the Slammer, or Nick Slammer, or whatever. So he, uh, he appears in this movie... It's a 50-minute special, ostensibly set around a, it's a live TV show that he's putting on during a blizzard, and he's upset that no one is going to show up. And finally, I think he sees some celebrities like uh, Chris Rock walking through the lobby, and he grabs him, pulls him in, and they, he forces him to be in his show with him. I enjoyed it up until the part where it got too Christmassy, right around <laughs> where uh, Miley Cyrus gets involved. That's when I sort of just kind of fast-forwarded through it. But it was funny up until, uh, I don't know, maybe 27 minutes in. All right. It's a good little program to look at. I like it. Watch. And it's Bill Murray. Can you really go wrong with that guy? Can't oh. really go wrong. Oh, it's it was also directed by Sofia Coppola. Oh. So she's revisiting her association with Bill Murray from Lost in Translation, that movie they had. So it has the same sort of feel, uh, except for Lost in Translation was a, a lot more uh, dramatic. It's just, it's like New York, you know, this upper whatever. Fair enough. If people don't have Netflix, but they got the good old Amazon Prime, you got anything for that? Amazon Prime, pick of the week. It's got to be, I got to go back to the 70s. I got to go back to my favorite Christmas special from the 70s when I was a child. Star Wars? No. I think they only, they only showed once, but it was probably the same year. This is 1977, and it's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> It's the only one of the nine pages of Christmas specials that are showing on Amazon that's worth watching. Uh, basically, these are the Muppets, and it's a proof of concept that they wanted to do their own Muppets movie, and they had to convince the studios that they could it, that it would be worthwhile to make a movie out of this show with a bunch of puppets. So they put a whole lot of um, effort into creating something that looks like its own thing not necessarily a puppet show um and a little bit more sophisticated than you would get on the muppets or on sesame street for example at one point or early on they're, they're set on a river so these otters and beavers and stuff are in a boat and it always tripped me out as to how they would manipulate these puppets while they're floating in a boat and uh i still can't figure it out even after watching it again this is from Jim Henson's Yeah, Jim studios. Henson. I think it's directed by Frank Oz. Jim Henson is only in it a little bit, but um, I think it was a 50-minute television special. The original had Kermit the Frog involved in sort of a framing device, but then I guess they sold the rights to Kermit to Disney and held on to the production of uh, or the 
the property that is Emmett Otter's Jug Bram Christmas. And so the the two the there's a split there. Mm-hmm. A lot of purists are upset that it doesn't include Kermit the Frog at the beginning and at the end, but I think it's it is what it is in spite of that. So it's interest it's good to watch and see how they pull things off technically. Sometimes it's very limited and obvious, but they're using, you know, technology from the 1970s and uh, making a cute little show. It's like Gift of the Magi with a son and a daughter, or a son and a mother cool. set in the land of little enemies. I like it. That's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas on Amazon Prime. If you've got Netflix, you're saying watch A Very Murray Christmas. I'm going in a completely different direction with Redbots and saying you need to pick up Trainwreck and listen to Laugh Number 62. Uh, we think In the Heart of the Sea is going to win the box office, but we're not going to watch it. Instead, we're going to be watching Legend and covering that next week. And coming up on Laugh 104, we're reviewing Trumbo, starring Brian Cranston, the man who my dog is named after. So I think that, yeah, that lets our audience know what I think about Trumbo. Yep. So uh, thank you for joining me, L-Train. Thank you, sir. There be dragons. Pox at Bonham. Bonham.